Hey there, Frontlines listeners. This is Mike letting you know about this week's sponsor, Audible.com. Head over to audiblepodcast.com slash clonewars to download your free audiobook. Choose from over 60,000 titles, including a wide array of Star Wars and Clone Wars audiobooks. So head over to audiblepodcast.com slash clonewars to start your free trial today. Welcome to the 43rd episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Zillow Beast. Not Zillow Monster, not Zillow Creature, not Zillow from the Black Lagoon. Zillow Beast. I've got it right this week. Uh, you got it right. What was, what was I calling it last week? Zillow, Zillow Monster? Zillow Monster, yeah. 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 Yeah, whatever. I like Zillow Monster better, but <laughs> Zillow Beast yeah. is good, I guess. I yeah. guess. We're back and... Uh... We're actually on the home stretch here. We got this uh, two-part series, and then we finish up with the, uh, I guess we'll call it a three-part series, the Boba Fett yeah. finale. Yeah. So we're on the home stretch here, Mike. Uh, rounding yeah. down season two. Oh, oh, we didn't introduce ourselves. I'm oh, Mike. Okay. Okay. That guy That guy right there, he's Matt. I'm Matt. Here we go. That's Then I'm Mike. <laughs> now you know who we are. In case I, you're new. Yeah, I think you guys all know who we are. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, we, we might have some new listeners, but I doubt it. No, actually, we might because because uh, we yeah. were just mentioned on the uh, the Star Wars official Twitter. So uh, they didn't mention us directly. They mentioned a post this that uh, uh, they made over on Galactic Binder. Galactic Binder, yeah. Mentioning us in a podcast roundup. So yeah, that's, uh, our, that's our friend Chris uh, Smith. So uh, yeah. Yeah, he's giving us a shout out, and that's kind of nice. So. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool to be uh, to be recognized by the official the official Star Wars Twitter, Twitter. Yes. as official places, as that man. is. Yeah, we're going yeah. places. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, we got to get in some news, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. We got some news, and before that, here we go. All wings reporting. Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 2 standing by. Red 11 standing by. Red 5 standing by. I like the sound of that. What are you talking about? Then he broke and was done. Where's this information? 
Yes, many Bothans did die. So um, did they? <laughs> Poor Bothans. They're always yeah. dying for people for information. <laughs> it's not even that good information. I mean, it's not that big of a this deal. This is huge news. No, is actually, it? we're going to start off with uh, the THQ announces the new Star Wars games and apps for the iPhone now. I know, Mike, you have a couple of these. I, for one, have not gotten the Cantina game yet, so maybe you can tell us a little about it. Yes. Uh, yeah, I just picked up the Cantina game, uh, I guess, last week, just before we uh, just before we started recording. So I've uh, I played it a little bit. It's uh, If you've ever played Diner Dash, which is a pop cap game, I'm pretty sure, um, it's pretty much the exact same thing, only it's Star Wars. The, the thing that makes it fun and unique, other than the great, great, awesome artwork, uh, like all the game art is really, really good. Um, as opposed to the customers just leaving unhappy in this one, because you're in a cantina on Tatooine, when you don't please your customers, they tend to, you know, rough people up on their way out. So okay. they'll actually bust up the joint and then you have to fix it and that sort of thing. So that's the... That's their little claim to fame on that one. Um, and, uh, and it's got some really cool remixes of all the music. Um, so it's really cool. I, I think it's like five bucks or something like that. Well, uh, the other things, the Yoda soundboards, I, I, the Star Wars Yoda soundboard, I didn't pick that one up because, like, I don't know. It's just sound effects. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and the Star Wars lightsaber duel is just an upgrade to the lightsaber unleashed app application it's a paid upgrade so you have to you have to buy it and i think it's only like a dollar 99 now but what what it allows you to do i haven't bought it yet but i will buy it before c5 because what it allows you to do is when you are when you boot it up it's the same thing as the lightsaber unleashed application which used to just be the eye saber back in the day Oh, right, um, right, right. It's just the one that you like touch the screen and it just it makes the lightsaber sound and then you can it's got like motion sensing or whatever. Um, but with this new lightsaber dual one that's a dollar ninety nine, you if you have it and another person with an iPhone has it, you can like they react to one each other one one another. So if we held our iPhones together like lightsabers it would make like the crackling sound that lightsabers make when they're when they're held against one another uh, so uh so i'm definitely going to pick it up before c5 so that when we're down there we can uh we can be ridiculous with our iphone so yeah, making lightsaber sounds and all that thing the cantina game is that one of those time management games where you have to serve you said serving patrons and the faster you yeah. go or whatever yeah, it's, it's basically like they you seat the customers and then they give you an order and then you have to go back and you have to pick up the drinks and you have to go back and make sure that you give the right drinks to the right people. Okay. So like and they're just different colors pretty much. And you said it was 4.99? I think it's 4.99, yeah. Is that worth it? Yeah, yeah, definitely worth it. I I really enjoy it. It gets really difficult about halfway through the story mode, but it has an endless shift mode, which is just like you just keep playing, um, and that's that's more fun. Uh, and, uh, and it's got it just like it has awesome, awesome artwork. Yeah. Cannot say enough good things about it. Cool. Um, also in the news, we have well, Variety 
examines the new Star Wars animated series. Now, we, we reported on this uh, a couple weeks back, and I think everybody thought that this was going to be the Galactic Heroes version. Yeah. And we got thrown a total curveball. And uh, it's not. It's going to be a Star Wars animated series, but it's going to be a, a comedy series, a Star Wars sitcom. And there's just a couple of uh, new... There's a press release, and there's some new uh, new information that says it's not it's not a sketch comedy. Um, it's going to be a variety. Of, it's described the series to variety as a character-driven story comedy that may include crossover appearances from Star Wars movie characters. Uh, no crossovers from the Clone Wars characters. Uh, the show will be no more than a half hour long, and uh, looks like they're going to hire up to ten writers for this thing. Animation will be done overseas, uh, and uh, Seth Green is actually involved in this, and he, he actually says, let us assure you, this isn't going to suck as much as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a quote from Seth You know what? I think, I think, and I'm going to throw this out there, and I don't know if anybody else on any other podcasts or websites has, uh, has thrown this out there, but I haven't heard it from anybody else. Um, there was a series of comics in uh like early 2000s i think the originals were were written the uh tag and bank are dead comics about a pair of characters tag and bank who uh who are actually rebel troopers who in order to escape from the tent of four and not get killed by the stormtroopers grab some stormtrooper armor and go running through the star wars universe and on like crazy wacky misadventures and they end up actually um, being background characters in all three original trilogy movies. And then when the prequels came out, they did another one um, about, about Tag and Bank and, and them in the prequel uh, movies. So I think that that's what this is. I think that's where this is going to be going. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that it was a Tag and Bank show because it's exactly the same kind of comedy as like a family guy or right. or robot chicken or any of the other stuff that uh that seth green is involved in so so that's uh that's that's my vote that's where i'm throwing my uh my hat in well you know you mentioned the the shows family guy and robot chicken and star wars is no stranger to comedy and spoofing itself i mean you got uh i think the original was hardware wars yeah. Um, you've had, you know, of course, uh, Dark Helmet. What was that? Uh, Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yeah. Um, it was on TV this morning on AMC. Yeah. So, I mean, Star Wars is not afraid to kind of poke fun at itself. And, I mean, you've got all these fan movies. you got the first fan movie was Troops, was a spoof. Um, like you said, Family Guy, Robot Chicken. Um, yeah. All these types of shows. So, after I thought about it for a minute, I go, well, yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense. I mean, they've, they've done it so many other times. Um and you know Seth Green is involved, so I think everybody likes what he's done with Robot Chicken. So I, I think everybody's kind of got their hopes up, or maybe your fingers crossed that this is going to be fairly decent. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, so with that, you ready for some a uh, couple of collecting news bits here? Yeah, sure. Okay, the first one is Mimo Bots are back, and they're bringing a new hope back to the uh, USB ports. And uh, these are actually pretty cool. I mean, I 
if you can get the big sizes is what I think everybody wants is, you know, nobody can really use a two gigabyte memory disk anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So they do have these in very large, you know, six, not very large, but they got them in 16 gigabyte, but you're going to, you're going to pay $89. So yeah, you know, these, but, these are quite things. We reported on these a while ago. Uh, when when Mimobod was doing the voting for these initially, to, for uh, one of these was going to be added into the uh, the a New Hope wave, and uh, the one that won is the Obi Wan Kenobi, which yeah. is the one that I voted for. And if you voted for them, you uh, you're going to get a discount when they when they come out. You oh, get like a ten percent or fifteen percent discount or something like that. So. Hopefully, everybody else voted for Obi Wan Kenobi as well, and uh, yeah, and they can get some uh, some discounts on some of it because, like, I'm probably gonna pick up one of these, uh, one of one of the Obi Wan Kenobi ones. Yeah, yeah, it's Obi Wan Kenobi. If you haven't seen it yet, there's a Jawa, R two D two, and the Stormtrooper, which is interesting because when you unmask or uncap the Stormtrooper, it'll actually be Luke or Han. Okay. And you won't, I guess, from what I understand, you're actually not going to know until you open it up. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. So I thought it's, a, it's a 50% chance of uncovering either Luke or Han when the cap is removed. Yeah. So if you're a fan of... Uh, okay, it says, it says, here's a hint. Luke is the one who's a little short for a storm. Yeah, that was a good one. So, so I, guess, I guess one's going to be a little bit taller than the other. Yeah. So that man, let's talk about detail. Huh. But uh, yeah, that's pretty neat. And like I said, you can get them in uh, all from two all the way up to uh, sixteen, and for the two gigabyte is twenty nine, and then respectively on up to eighty nine. But like you said, if you voted for Obi Wan, yeah, was it, what was the discount again? I think it was ten or fifteen percent off or something like that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, it looks like it comes with uh, they'll come with some. Uh, Star Wars themed wallpapers already on it. Some screensavers, icons, avatars, and uh, some sound. Uh, maybe some sound clips too. Yeah. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. That's kind of neat right there. So not a bad little thing right there. That's, might have to pick one of those up just for that for that stuff there. Yeah, just for the audio clips. Eh? Yeah, that'd be neat. Especially if that Han Solo one has uh, has our favorite clip. On oh. it, and it would have to because he's the stormtrooper Han Solo, so he'd have to be like, I know, it, we're all yeah. fine here now. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so that's cool. Here we go with the next one. You want to talk about this next one, Mike? I uh, know you go ahead. Okay, this is um, on uh, luxurylanesoap.com, and they actually have a soap in the form of pan and carbonite and for 650 you can get the coolest soap ever and uh you know it's like you said who's gonna use this thing yeah yeah you know, it's pretty wicked sugar. it's pretty wicked like it looks it looks just like the carbonite i mean it's it's pretty perfect yeah um it, even down to even down to the little uh the little consoles on the side of it 
yeah. just unbelievable the detail yeah. that they put into this piece of soap. Yeah. So uh, if you are going to get, I mean, they're only six fifty. If you're going to get one, get two. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's really detailed. And again, the picture is at uh, Luxury Lane Soap uh, dot Big Cartel dot com, and uh, it looks like it's about four inches by two and a half inches, um, and it's basically in gray. So it actually looks like the color of the carbonite. Um, yeah, and like you said, with the detail on the sides, it's, it's pretty neat. So. And it's uh, it's vegan apparently. It says down towards the bottom of the description. So I don't know if anybody's worried about having vegan soap not, but if you are, then well, Very there not. it is. Worry not. Yes. Yeah, I might not buy it just because it's vegan. <laughs> Easy. Oh, good. Well, that's uh, just a couple of collecting items. Not uh, oh, you know, actually, uh, a couple of things. There's some new ways hitting for the. Uh, Clone Wars figures and the Nadar Veb is starting to show up. So if you sent in for that, be on the lookout in your mail because that should be arriving anytime. And it looks like yeah. it actually did a very good job on the figure. Uh, there's pictures all over the internet now. People are starting to get them. So I think you won't be disappointed with that mail away. So with that, uh, you ready to head on to our recap? Yeah. All right. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight the same as your father. My name's Rex. You'll call me Captain or Sir. I make the rules now. I'm Ahsoka Tano. Jedi scum. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. Alrighty then, let's start with Zillow Beast. An enormous army of battle droids marches across the bleak landscape of Malastare towards the Imperial Palace. Republic forces adopt defensive positions. Within the palace, Doug leader Dog Nakayurist stands defiant, flanked by Jedi Generals Mace Windu and Anakin Skywalker. Chancellor, uh, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine monitors the military action remotely via hologram, while Republic scientist Dr. Sainbur Bowl makes final preparations for the release of the electro-proton bomb. She is confident in her research that states only droids will be affected by the weapon. Uh, clone troopers and Doug Cavaliers riding insectomorphs hold the droids off while Republic Y-Wing bombers scramble. Arc 170 fighters flank the lead bomber that carries the payload. The electro, the electro proton, I almost called it an electroplankton bomb. Uh, electro proton bomb free falls into the thick of the droid ranks, releasing an enormous blast. A wave of electromagnetic energy sweeps past the droids and clone forces, disrupting all technology in its wake. The droids are crippled. The clone helmets are momentarily frazzled. Even Anakin's mechanical arm briefly fritzes. Stay tight. Remember, you've only got one shot at this. Bombs away.
So, we got to talk about this first couple of uh, moments here, Mike. Uh, yeah. Here we go. The Republic is at Malastare, so I, I believe this is the first time we've seen Malastare. Yes. Uh, and they are fighting over, uh, they're fighting the Separatists over fuel. So, another, you know, a different part of the war here. It's like a, a war over fuel. So, whoever has a fuel can you know, has, is going to have the higher ground on the, you know what I mean? Separatists yeah. and the Republic are fighting over fuel, which they need to keep their ships going. So it's an interesting and different take on, on the war as of now. Uh, and then we get uh, introduced to the electro proton bomb, which was uh, ordered by Palpatine. Yeah, actually it's funny that this bomb, uh, kind of a cool design, like very retro looking, very, uh, very like 1980s computer graphics style. Looks like something from out of the last Starfighter, like lots of angles, lots of straight edges. Um, on one of the fins, and it shows this on StarWars.com, if you uh, if you go to the, uh, the episode, uh, the episode guide for the Zillow Beast, uh, it says in Arubesh, this is for you, Dooku. Yeah. on one of the fins on it, which I think is really uh, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this, this is the first time that we're seeing a lot of stuff. The first time we're seeing the Arc-170, the Dugs, Malastare, and uh, all of it was really, really cool. Malastare's a little bit boring looking in my opinion, but this is just one part of Malastare. Let's assume that there are other parts of Malastare that are more interesting. Right. Um, but the Dugs, oh man. Now, the Dugs are one of my favorite Star Wars alien species. Um, I just, I love the concept of them walking on their hands and using their feet to, to hold stuff, right? Like, I just, Sobulba is one of my favorite characters from episode one. Right. And, uh, and to see the rest of their planet and, uh, and to see a bunch of them fighting is, uh, is just really cool, in my opinion. I, Really enjoyed it. You you mentioned the Arcs 170s, and here we got yeah. a great scene. Um, we get the Y wings back. We got the red and the yellow, and uh, they have a great shot. And, and then the sounds, you know, the original sounds from the original trilogy. And you got this shot where you have the Arc 170s with the Y wings uh, going into battle. Yeah. And that one shot with the Arc 170s looks like it comes right out of Star Wars with the X wings. Um, they do that kind of tilt, and then they. They fly down towards the planet. Really cool scene there. Um, yeah, the, but the Arc 170s, they look different from the way that they look in the movies, the, the way that they look in Episode 3. Um, I didn't notice it's, that. It's really subtle, but they're more compact. Uh, they, the, the engines on the sides are bigger, and the, the nose is a lot shorter, and the guns on the ends of the wings are a lot bigger. Um, now this is just because uh, because it's the Clone Wars, so they they're sort of stylizing them a little bit, and it's uh, it's subtle, but it is I don't know for me it's noticeable. And personally, I really like the way that they looked. I like the way that they look in this more than I like the way that they look in the movies. Um, and for those who might be worried, and I was one of those people, uh, the uh, the V nineteen torrents aren't going anywhere. If you actually watch really carefully, you can actually see some of them in the battle. So 
the V19 Torrent, which is a very cool design in and of itself, uh, it's it's still around even though the Arc 170s are being brought in. So we still have a chance of seeing a space battle with Arc 170 with uh, V19s yeah. in it, and now hopefully it'll be V19s and Arc 170s and uh, and some Jedi Starfighters. So uh, yeah. that's uh, that's what I'm looking forward to now that we've got the Arc 170s in the show. Oh yeah. Well, and you also talked about the, the bomb and, and the explosion here. Uh, they did a really good job. This whole, actually, this whole first scene was pretty cool. I mean, they had the first, the initial shot where they show the whole battlefield. And a lot of times, this Clone Wars makes me think of other movies because I'm a, you know, I like to, I'm a pretty big movie buff, so I watch a lot of movies. And it kind of reminded me of uh, Lord of the Rings, like the Helm's Deep battle or the, the battle at the end of Return of the King where you have just this layers upon layers of, of separatists and uh, super battle droids as mm -hmm. far as you can see you know and they had this big shot where they show mace kind of overlooking and surveying the whole battlefield and that's kind of where i got that uh, reference there and then of course we get star wars version of a almost sort of a nuclear bomb here but uh, it shuts down uh, the, the purpose of it is to shut down the whole droid army yeah and it kind of sh uh, shuts down everything else too, including uh, kind of shorts out uh, Anakin's arm. So, yeah, I I was kind of actually hoping to see more of that, like more of a repercussion of that. They like they really hadn't thought about the fact that Anakin has a droid arm, um, but and they, that it would have been that would have been why he couldn't deal with the uh, the Zillow himself. But it seems like that was something that they wanted to do, and then they just probably cut it out of the story. Because yeah. otherwise, I don't know. Like other than, obviously, for the for the obvious reason that they have to show it because it is a droid arm that he has, um, it would have to short out. Right. It seemed kind of like they they made a big point of it and then didn't uh, didn't do a lot with it. So uh, the the uh, just before the commercial break, uh, we'll end here with the uh, the victory is short lived as another crisis manifests itself the blast opens up an enormous sinkhole that swallows up the malfunctioning republic vehicles a huge crater now dominates the landscape yeah somebody forgot to do their geological survey <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, before they decided to launch this experimental bomb uh, uh but a very, a very cool scene with the with the the sinkhole oh yeah and i forgot to mention uh in the wyoming <clears throat> bomber Everybody saw the, uh, I'm sure everybody saw the lizard that was painted on one of the clones' helmets. Uh, that was pretty obvious there. And uh, I guess the pilots were called, Ro is it, is one of them called Rodan or something like that? Uh, one of them is Goji and the other Goji. one is Rhoda or something like that, which is after Godzilla or Godzilla's original name, which is Gojira. Right. Okay. And, uh, and uh, Rodan, which... Uh, Rodan and Godzilla in their first encounter are enemies but then later on in the series of Godzilla movies they fight together to defeat other monsters so yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead Mike sorry I, you want me to go ahead go ahead yeah, yeah I, in the aftermath of the bomb Mace Windu reestablishes communications with Chancellor Palpatine and reports on his progress. 
The chancellor is most concerned that the Dugs sign a treaty ensuring public access to Malastera's fuel. Doge Urus says that uh, says the treaty is currently being reviewed by the Malastarian Council. Um, and I have just one bone to pick. Um, you had mentioned the Dugs, and they look they did an outstanding job creating these and animating these. The only issue I have, and you probably know what's coming, and this is just me, is that they're speaking basic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know Sebulba spoke a different language, Dugs or whatever. And I'm just not understanding why um, they can't use the original language. And I know you talk a little more than most characters that uh, mm. you know don't speak basic and maybe they don't want to do the maybe they just can't do the subtitles or they feel that that uh, kids are not going to be using it but then I thought you know what they used them in the, the prequel trilogy and that was yeah. considered you know according to Lucas more towards a younger crowd but they used them in there so I don't know what it is but I just wish they would that would just bring me in just a little more you know what I mean and some people probably don't have a, you know, problem with that. It's just one of my little pet peeves that I have, and it might have might be the same thing with Boss. Who knows? We'll see. Okay. Yeah, I I really wish that they would give the alien species a um, different different languages and that sort of thing. But unfortunately, they seem to be keen on having them all just speak basic. Um, but you know what? Like last episode with the Bounty Hunters, we had Embo. He spoke a different language. They yeah. didn't subtitle it, but like I said earlier, you know, he didn't really have, he had one line. And it was almost, you almost knew what he was saying, even though he spoke a different language. He was basically laughing at what Anakin was doing. And you could almost kind of understand what he was saying. So, I mean, they have thrown in different languages here. Yeah. Um, I guess they're just, they just don't want to have to deal with the subtitling. But, yeah, but, well, they're just, they're not speaking Hadith enough in this. Yeah. <laughs> Hadith is supposed to be like the second language to almost everybody in Star Wars. But they they just, they haven't shown a heck of a lot of people speaking Hadith. And you know what? Honestly, it's probably for the simple fact that they just don't want to have to figure out the language of Hadith in order to have them speak it. Mm-hmm. Because there is definitely a language there that they figure out when they do the movies. Because mm-hmm. uh, Huddy's has this, it has a definite ring to it, right? And it would be inauthentic for them not to follow it. And I think that they're just, they just don't want to. They're just like, I don't want to call them lazy or whatever, but it is a little bit lazy. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's that's just. Happy. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a battlefield update reports that one of the clone rescue teams aiding in extraction from the sinkhole has gone missing. Anakin, Mace, and Doguris race to the site aboard a gunship. While Anakin t- attends to the Doug leaders, Mace ventures into the foggy pit alongside Commander Palms and troopers Hawkeye and Trapper. They find injured troopers who report the presence of something alive in the pit. Mace radios to Anakin requesting assistance. That's cool that it, that you wouldn't really notice unless you were watching really carefully that it was Pons, who was, uh, he's the the commander that was with uh, Mace on um, 
on Ryloth as well. So right. cool to see him coming back. Yes. Uh, the ground suddenly heaves beneath Mace's feet as a gargantuan creature emerges. It is a huge reptilian creature awakened from a lengthy slumber. Its titanic form pulls itself to its full height and it shrieks in rage and confusion. Mace and his troops scramble aboard a gunship as Anakin soars into the pit aboard his Jedi Starfighter. Skywalker is stunned by the spectacle before him. The beast swats the starfighter, sending it spinning out of control. It crashes into the pit, but Anakin and R2-D2 emerge intact. Anakin ignites his lightsaber and is shocked to discover the beast's scales are resistant to its blade. Anakin climbs the beast to avoid its grasp and leaps atop R2-D2, who uses his rockets to fly away from the monster. <laughs> I found that a little bit ridiculous. Um, yeah. And I know that we're talking about Star Wars and all that sort of thing, but yeah. are you telling me that those little tiny jets on the side of R2-D2 can propel both of them? But that's okay. Hey, I'll nice. let it go. I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. Let it go. Uh, Doge Urs declares the monster is the Zillow Beast, one of a species thought extinct. Ages ago, when the Dugs first began harvesting the fuel in Malastare's core, they battled beasts of this kind. The beast is an enemy of the Dug, and they will stop at nothing to kill it. The Dugs spend the remainder of the day dropping payloads of explosives into the pit in a vain attempt to destroy the invulnerable Zillow Beast. The thunder of explosions is punctuated by the outraged shrieks of the monster. Don't worry about me. I'm all right. Where's your starfighter? That thing ate it. That thing? It is a Zillow beast. They once roamed Malastare, devouring our ancestors. When the dogs first started harvesting the fuel in the planet's core, they were killed off. They are supposed to be extinct. Apparently, they're not. Okay, Mike, we gotta go ahead and, and hit this topic here. Um, of course, everybody knows this was a tribute to Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And I know we both had kind of the same issues. You had a little more issues with the Beast than I did. Um, but uh, what's your initial impression of the Zillow Beast? Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> That's my initial impression. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just really don't like the design of it. It's, it's, other than the fact that it's huge, there's nothing all that threatening about it. It definitely can't compete with a Rancor. And I don't think that it can even compete with, uh, with any of the beasts from the Geonosis battle. I mean, Star Wars has a reputation of having awesome animals and beasts of burden and and uh, and monsters and that sort of thing in it the rancor probably being the most famous of them and uh, and this thing doesn't even come close and uh, i mean if if you want the specifics of why i hate it so much which i do quite hate it um the stupid stupid design on the fingers and feet of it that are it looks like somebody just you know like they look like tassels or like 
like tape or something like that. Like, I don't even know. They're just like these, these long, flat, silly fingers and feet. And it just, it doesn't look real. It reminds you entirely that you are in fact watching a cartoon. And I don't think that they put enough time and effort into this design. Um, There are lots of classic monster designs to take from that it didn't have to look anything like Godzilla, but it does like, why does it have to look like this? Like, I don't know. It just, it looks totally unreal and totally unbelievable. And, uh, and that really bothers me. The face of it is kind of cool. Like it has this sort of snake, uh, newt salamander kind of face that I like, but the rest of it is just, I, I just can't get behind it. You, you know, the, the end, it, what were they called? Insectopods or whatever? Insectopods, yes. Yeah, the, the creatures that the Dugs were riding are a cooler design than, uh, than, than this Zillow Beast thing. And the thing is that you've got these insectopods, and they sort of have the same, not the same, but they've got, like, uh, their hind legs are definitely much larger than their forelimbs. And, uh, and you can kind of see how they're similar to a Doug, like how they could both be arboreal creatures or whatever. And then uh, you don't follow that design aspect through with this Zillow Beast, which doesn't work for me and doesn't make it feel like it's part of this planet. But The only issue I had was the same as you was the feet. I didn't mind everything else, but the feet just didn't seem to to you know mash with the rest of it and that was that was kind of odd but uh we do have some other cool things though um that happened during the scene first of all we find out that uh anakin can't cut this thing with a lightsaber and we've never seen that before i mean the only thing that a lightsaber can't go through is another lightsaber and i believe the electro staff from the magnets it's the only things if you if you listen to the uh, any of the expanded universe stuff, like if you read any of the comics or books or anything, cortosis is the only thing that can withstand a lightsaber. So right, okay. And but then, uh, but that's never been in any of the movies or anything like that. So right. Um, and then another thing that kind of brought me back to uh, actually uh, Empire Strikes Back was Mace and the clones were actually walking on it, much like. Han, Chewie, and Leia did on the space lug, if you remember. Um, yeah. They were actually walking yeah. on it, and then, you know, they didn't know they were, they were actually walking on a creature. So maybe, yeah. maybe a little nod to the Empire there. And then the only other thing, I don't know if you caught this, did you hear the Wilhelm scream during this episode? I, you know what, I probably did, but didn't notice it. I didn't take note. I'm just yeah. so used to hearing it. Well, that's, that, that's me too. I'm so used to hearing that. that right when I heard it, I go, there's a Wilhelm. You know, we've heard it in so many, in, in tons of things. It's a classic sound, so uh, I just had to mention that. So, uh, finish up here. Mace Windu objects to the actions of his allies. He views the Zilla Beast as a one-of-a-kind life form that should not be destroyed. His protestations threaten the likelihood the Doug Council will sign the Treaty of Alliance with the Republic. The Dugs insist the Jedi must kill the Zilla Beast ensure their cooperation and assess to their access to their fuels. Mace Windu and Dr. Bull once again communicate with Chancellor Palpatine. Palpatine is amazed at the creature's size and resiliency. 
but is dismayed by Master Windu's reluctance to assist the Dugs. The ever-analytical Dr. Bull suggests that the Zillow Beast may be an invaluable resource. Its natural armor could be translated into military applications. I, you know what? There was just a little um, sort of a throwaway line from Palpatine. At, at Bull's mention of this, Doctor Bull mentions that it's you know they if they could put that armor on their starships and they'd be pretty much indestructible. Right. And uh, to which Palpatine goes, an I- indestructible armor, which makes me go, you know what? This is probably where uh, Vader's armor design comes from like where where his pretty much indestructible armor comes from because in the star wars universe it is uh like in the expanded universe at least it's well known that his armor can take a real beating mm-hmm. before it starts to give way especially like the the shoulder pads and the helmet and stuff it's all very uh reinforced and uh, and can even resist lightsabers so uh yeah I, I'd, I'd like to see if they're going to take that further or if it, or if that was just the one little mention. But he seemed a little specifically interested in a set of indestructible armor. Or, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, but exactly that Palpatine, is, at first he's like, you know what, just get rid of it. You know, whatever the Dugs want, do it, you know. We need this fuel to, to finish the war here. And then as soon as yeah. he finds out that Wait a minute, and you know, nothing can penetrate this. Hold on a minute. You, you kind of, you know what he's thinking. You know, hey, I'm gonna need this later on when I when I take over, uh, when I become emperor, and take over yeah. the galaxy. Man, this would be, yeah, this would make me unstoppable. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's, you kind of see that with him. Is he just once he finds out, boom, he turns and, and this is what I want to use it for. But uh, yeah, we both saw the same thing, and uh, you know, you saw it uh, as, as as far as using it. For Vader's armor, uh, but uh, you know, I, exactly both both ways. You know, it's just it's just the point that he knows that he's going to use this later on, or he can yeah. use this later on. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Anakin offers a compromise: if the Jedi are able to somehow incapacitate the Zilla Beast, making the Dugs think that it was killed, then they could secure the treaty while sparing the monster's life. Anakin believes a concentrated stun pulse could penetrate between the creature's scales and knock it out. Dr. Bull agrees with Anakin's plan, and Palpatine approves. Republic tanks begin lining the rim of the crater. Doji Urus has ordered torrents of Malastarian fuel poured into the Zillow Beast, or poured onto the Zillow Beast. The creature finds the substance toxic and painful. But rather than destroy it, the stream of fuel only prompts the Zillow Beast to scale the sinkhole walls and emerge onto the surface. The monster wreaks havoc, tossing aside tanks as if they were toys. The tanks, under Anakin and Mace's command, open fire, lacing the creature with stun beams. The Zillow Beast plots forward, but eventually succumbs to the rays and collapses into a deep sleep. And before you go on, uh, before this happened, Mace and uh, I think his name is uh, Urus, Dogurus, they kind of have a little confrontation here. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, the dogs are just trying to get rid of this thing. And they know the fuel that they have is going to kill it. Yeah. And here Mace has a change of heart and is saying, you know what, this is the only one of its kind left. we, we got to save this. And uh, Mace, you see him put uh, Doug Uris at the uh, lightsaber point. And then, and then the Doug turns it around on him and goes, hey, wait a minute. Aren't I a pathetic life form too? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of yeah. calls Mace's bluff right there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, smart little uh, Doug on Doug there. Um, and then we have a yeah. finish here. You want to finish it up, Mike? Yeah, sure. Okay. <clears throat> the Dugs celebrate the victory and sign the treaty with the Republic. The Jedi and clone forces load the Zillow Beast onto a transport for a flight to a for flight to an uninhabited outer rim world. Chancellor Palpatine, however, announces a change of plans. Palpatine's scientific advisors recommend studying the creature under the most controlled conditions. With that recommendation, Palpatine orders the beast taken to Coruscant. It has been loaded onto the transport. Have you selected a planet for relocation? There has been a slight change of plans. The scientific community has reviewed the data on this rather unique creature. They believe it should be further studied in a more controlled environment before it is released into the wild. And where is this controlled environment? On Coruscant. Master Windu, you and General Skywalker shall safely bring the beast here. Well, you made the right choice. We got our fuel, you saved your creature, and now he'll be safe. Let's hope we can say the same about Coruscant. So, Anakin's plan finally works, and the Zillow Beast does go down, and here we go, Mike. What does Palpatine want? Let's take it to the most, the busiest city in the in the galaxy, Coruscant. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great plan. And uh, and I th I think that yeah, I think we know where this is going. Yeah. Uh, Starwars.com has even gone as far to release uh, a poster that I think they just actually released today as of this recording, which is Tuesday. Um uh, yeah, April 13th. Uh, of the Zillow Beast in on Coruscant scaling one of the buildings and it's yeah. like it's a uh, old school Japanese style uh movie poster for uh like for godzilla like it's it's a tribute to godzilla and um very very cool poster if if you're into the design of the zillow beast you think it's cool then you'll probably want to pick one of these up because uh they are limited to 200 hand numbered pieces i wonder how much they cost bring it up uh 21.99 that's it for for something that's limited to 200 that's uh that's an incredibly good price normally something like that would be you know, at least 50 bucks yeah. if not yeah yeah like you're saying like 100 or 200 dollars um see it's 19 inches by 24 inches that's how big the the frame is and then it's yeah um yeah so if you are uh if you're into this episode, if you or you're like a big Godzilla fan and you want something that's kind of a, a unique Godzilla Star Wars combination, then uh, that's where it's at. Yeah. 
Well, like you said, I think if you're, as far as this episode, if you're a Godzilla fan, you probably enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. Um, as far as the season two, you know, it's it was uh, it was all right. It had some good moments in it. You know, cool seeing the arcs and the and the Y wings. Uh, the Dugs introduced uh, was nice. Yeah. Um, you know, we get Anakin who or Palpatine who finds out that uh, there may be a a substance that he could use later on to uh, deflect pretty much anything. Uh, you know, like I said, the only the only real problem I had was just, and it's a small one, it's just the uh, the Doug speaking basic, but that's just a minor thing. But all in all, it was, it was a pretty good episode. Uh, and then, of course, the 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 creature itself, the Zillow Beast, uh, if they would have done something else with the uh, the feet and the hands, uh, it probably would have made it a little more believable. Or, yeah. not believable, but... Uh, like I said, the, the face looked good. Everything else, it just it was kind of weird seeing the paper thin hands walking around. So, yeah, it's just those feet and hands. If they could just do something about those, uh, then I'd be good with it. But maybe that's going to make them cool. climb the uh, course on a little better. We'll find out. But. Yeah, I guess. I guess we shall see. We shall see. So um, that's uh, part one. We'll have part two of uh, Zillaby Strikes Back next week. So let's get into mailbag uh, uh, everything's under control situation normal what happened uh, has slight weapons malfunction but uh, everything's perfectly all right now we're fine we're all fine here now thank you how are you so the mailbag today actually comes from I think it was posted um, and it is from somebody named Battlefrog and uh, he just starts off by saying, well, two things about cat and mouse. First, I am reluctant to cheer about cloaking devices. Cloaking is a sci-fi cliche, and I always want Star Wars to stay sharp. That being said, the Seven Samurai shout-out this week was a great execution of a cliche plot. Second, I recall the aliens in the original cantina scene. The thing that made them great was that they were uh, not obviously based on modified earth animals. Sure, they channeled animals, but hey, weren't uh, were sufficiently wacky that the animal nature wasn't usually key. Can't figure that sentence out. Uh, trench is a spider, period. Boring and lazy. That is the kind of stuff that makes me remember this is on Cartoon Network. And that was from Battlefrog. So, um... Of course, he talks about the Seven Samurai and being a, a good execution of a cliche uh, plot. And we know this because the Seven Samurai has been done many times. Yeah. It's a classic story, and, it, and it's always good. Um, yeah. He, did, he doesn't like cloaking devices. Um, I, I agree with him, and I think that I sort of gave the same sentiment in, uh, in the episode uh, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about cat and mouse man wow the last couple of weeks have gone by super fast eh? yeah because um, it feels like that was just yesterday and i watched it a week before you guys right. um <laughs> but yeah I, I don't know i i'm not i'm not a fan of cloaking devices either and when i heard the word cloaking device in star wars i didn't think that it meant full-on like visual cloaking device i thought it just meant you know you can't pick it up on 
on scanning equipment. That's that's how I've always seen it, and uh, and for it to be the kind of clothing device that it was, it's kind of boring in my opinion. Um, and very like he says, like it's not it's not good sci-fi. So um, so yeah, I mean I agree. He doesn't like trench though, and and there's been kind of mixed feelings on trench. I've heard a lot of people saying he's too much. He's too much of a of a spider. You know, what I mean, I mean, with the arms and everything, and um, I didn't really have a problem with that. I, 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 I loved the design. I think that he's a great design, and I, I'm excited for when they put a figure out of him. Uh, it might actually be one of the figures that I pick up, because I just, I, whether or not he's an incredibly original design, he is a great execution of that idea, of the idea of a spider creature. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, I I really like him. I I think it's awesome. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree, but I do understand where he's coming from when he says, you know, this reminds reminds him that he is watching a cartoon on Cartoon Network. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I guess the same could be said about the Zillow Beast, and we know that I have issues with that. So, right. um, yeah, I don't know. You kind of take it and leave it. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think the the design that they did for the first season was a little bit better than the design that they've done for the second season. But we have also seen a few things, a few new things that I'm kind of, that, that I shouldn't say I'm kind of happy with. I'm very happy with. Embo right. uh, is an awesome character design, I think. Uh, the Dugs looked awesome in this episode. Uh, let me try and think back. I mean, Cad Bane appeared last season, but he was done for second season. And he's a great character. Uh, I like the tactical droids. Did they show up last season, or were they not until this season? No, they showed up last season. Yeah, yeah, towards the end. Um, yeah, I don't know. We've gotten a few new ships. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I really liked that new uh, that new transport ship. The one that looks like a Star Destroyer but has the docking ports on either side. Yeah. That was pretty much created for that one episode so that they could dock with it or whatever. Yeah. The one, the that episode that had General Grievous. Um, yeah, I really like that design. But but overall, this season's been kind of, I don't know. I, I guess we, it's only the second season, so we don't have a lot to compare it to. Yeah, but it's been a long way to go. Yeah. But definitely, definitely, uh, you know, they're stepping their game up. You know, even though yeah. some of, I mean, the Zillow Beast, for its, for whatever flaws we thought it had, just us here, um, yeah. still, you know, really, as far as, like we said, the face and everything, it looked really cool. And uh, Yeah, you know, like, we're going to complain and we're going to nitpick it because that's kind of our job at Frontlines. You know, that's what we're here for, um, is to give you guys more insight into this stuff. And right. we like to throw our opinions in there and everything. But at the end of the day, it's still cooler than a lot of what everybody else is doing. Like, I'm very critical and very harsh about Star Wars stuff. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have any Star Wars right. than no Star Wars. Yeah. Right? So I might be harsh on the, the design of the Zillow Beast, and I might be very critical and say some stuff that's maybe a little controversial. But at, at the end of the day, like I was saying, it I come down on the side of Star Wars. You know, like, that's... That's where I'm at, and that's what it's about. So, you know, take it, take what I say with a grain of salt. 
Um, but to go on a complete tangent, if anybody is is looking for some really cool sci-fi design, uh, anybody like me that's uh, that's into that sort of thing, um, one of the best shows on TV right now, Stargate Universe. Now, I'm not a Stargate fan. I generally hate the Stargate franchise. Uh, the first movie was boring, and SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis were terrible shows. But Stargate Universe is an incredibly, incredibly well-written show, and the sci-fi design aspects of it are unbelievably good. The ship designs so far have all been really, really cool, and they just introduced aliens, uh, like this, uh, this new alien species in the last two episodes, and uh and it's it's not one of the more original designs out there but it is one of the better designs definitely the best alien design on a television show like ever on a live action television show because mm-hmm. like they they're just executing it so well so if you're looking for something that is really good that you just want to check out some cool design aspects and stuff uh stargate universe is uh, is where it's at the first season the first half of the season is out on DVD and Blu-ray already, I think. Um, but it's uh, but it's pretty expensive. But you'll be able to catch it in repeats over the summer, I'm sure, if you don't want to spend money on the, on the season. Yeah, well, there it is, folks. That is the pick of the week. That's that's the complete and utter tangent. It's got a very Star Wars feel. Actually, oh, yeah. Yeah. one of the characters makes several Star Wars references. So, cool. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very cool show. Well, thanks, Battle Frog, uh, for the for the mail there, and uh, we got a lot more email, but uh, uh, we'll continue with uh, the post of the week. So let's uh, check that out. You know, if we uh, if we uh, kept the forum post of the week and the uh, and the mailbag closer together, we wouldn't have to take speeder bikes to get over <laughs> to the uh, to the other side of the room. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, it's good. It's always good to just have that sound effect in there because I think that all of us can uh, can agree that that's one of the best Star Wars sound effects of all time. That's just that cool. sound as they go off into the distance. That yeah. echoes. The echo is cool. Um, Anyways, this one's from Obi-Wan Fan 95 and uh, he, he posts the subject, Anakin, the chosen one, and he writes, Hi, y'all. Now, this is kind of a stupid question. Was Anakin the chosen one? Because in the EU, after Return of the Jedi, there are still Sith, and there is still an unbalance in the Force, and as Yoda said, the prophecy can be misread. Or something to that context. Uh, I could go on, but I don't want to bo- to bore you. Thanks. Uh, you're definitely not boring us. Uh, this is uh, this is an interesting topic for conversation. Yeah. Um, if you ask George Lucas, Anakin Skywalker is the one who brings balance to the Force. Yeah. If you ask me, Anakin Skywalker isn't the one who brings balance to the Force. Luke is. But uh, yes. But yeah. I um, and I really don't think that it has anything to do with Sith or Jedi. Uh, it has to do with how the Jedi operate. Um, if you if you take a look at the Jedi in the the last days of the Republic before the Empire, um, they're actually kind of the same as the Sith, but benevolent. 
Like they're they're very similar. So when when Palpatine says stuff like that, it's half truth. Like when he says, you know, that the that the Sith that the Jedi are no no better than the Sith and all that sort of thing. Um, he's actually right. They've become incredibly incredibly arrogant, incredibly complacent, and uh, and bureaucratic, and uh, and they're not really, you know, living up to the to the the name of the Jedi. Uh, at least not in the truest sense, when they're obviously all killed off and then Luke becomes the first of the new Jedi Order, um, he has a very different approach. And he, he's a very different Jedi than the Jedi from from the Old Republic. So uh, in my opinion, he's really, like, he is the balance of the Force. Like, if you look at at how he operates, after he's sort of wrestled with all of the difficulties that he's had to with Vader being his father and and uh and and the rage and uh impatience and all that sort of thing all of the stuff that Anakin had the, the all the same personality traits uh he manages to overcome them and maintain balance in the force so he's not he's not a goody goody like Yoda or Obi-Wan not to uh not to knock them or anything but they're kind of uh, let's say far left and Vader and, and the Emperor are far right whereas Luke just kind of stays right in the middle in my opinion and then obviously he passes that on to to the Jedi that he teaches he may not do it perfectly but uh, but he does do it and uh, and if you I, I haven't really read anything from the legacy series like from the the post uh, post classic trilogy like the post-modern character post post-classic yeah. characters i should say yeah the like the post new jedi order right. um like when you get into the far-flung future um i don't really know a lot about how the jedi work then but it seems like they're a little bit more uh they're not sith and they're not they're not like the jedi from the old republic they're kind of somewhere in the middle like they're kind of like uh well, more like samurai, right? And right. Uh, and I think that that's that's what the balance of the force is. But but that's from an expanded universe perspective, and from the perspective of someone who thinks that Luke is one of the greatest Jedi ever. Obi Wan is my favorite Jedi, and uh, and and no, nothing will ever change my opinion on that. But I think that Luke Skywalker, um, the post Zon Luke Skywalker. So like uh, Dark Empire and uh, and uh, New Jedi Order, Luke Skywalker is the most powerful Jedi that the uh, that the galaxy has ever known, in my opinion. But that's just me. I don't read a lot of the Old Republic stuff either, so yeah. I could be. Well, speaking on just the uh, movies, or um, you know, like you said, George's version is Anakin Skywalker is the chosen one. We did hear Yoda say, I think that was in episode one, speaking to Qui-Gon, that, you know, Qui-Gon thought that the prophecy was Anakin. And then Yoda said, well, you know, maybe you're misreading it, you know. This is when this is when actually the dark side is starting to cloud everything in episode one, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but all in all, you know, it, it comes down to Anakin um, redeeming, redeeming himself and bringing balance. But there was a post... Uh, on this topic in forums, and it was by somebody, his, his uh, 
online name or his forum name is Cody MacArthur Fit. And he had a very interesting point here where he says, uh, I won't read the whole post, but a portion of it says, um, uh, a lot of people seem to think bringing balance to the force means good willing the galaxy, but it doesn't. It means making it so that one giant force never comes to dominate the galaxy ever again. Sort of like, you know, there's, there's got to be a balance of good and evil to keep it right there, you know, not just yeah. good or bad. And yeah. I thought that was a kind of an interesting take on it, and it, it makes a lot of sense um, to where there's always a light and a dark side, and there's never one that's more powerful than the other. So, uh, cool post there, and, and some good uh, comments on it, some interesting comments. So, uh, Obi-Wan Fan 95, keep the, keep the good posts coming. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a good topic. And I'm sure that there's a lot to be discussed on the forums there yeah. with that one. So I, so I guess that's that's it. Let's get into the, the episode description for next week. Yes. It's, uh, let's let's see. Ne- yeah, right. next next week's episode is Zillow Beast Strikes Back, not Return of the Zillow Monster um, or the Zillow Monster Returns or anything like that. Uh, Zillow Beast Strikes Back. Republic forces bring the Zillow Beast back to Coruscant for study. When it escapes, the Jedi must choose between saving millions of lives and destroying the Zillow Beast, the last of its kind. When you've captured the most dangerous creature in the galaxy, bringing it here to Coruscant is a mistake. It's best not to make it mad. I don't want the sound of that. It's coming this way. So I imagine that uh, we're going to see a lot of damage to Coruscant coming up next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really hope that, 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 that Padme is running around at some point and the Zillow Beast grabs her and then climbs her apartment building. With her in hand, and uh, <laughs> and Anakin, Anakin asks to fly his ship around, or I doubt that's what's going to happen. But that's well, more of a um, of a Kong thing than a Godzilla thing. But you may be onto something because you have not seen the seen the preview, right? No, I haven't. I haven't okay. seen the actual video of the preview because she is actually in this episode. And is she? <laughs> she's shown. It's funny that you mentioned that because she's shown <laughs> flying with C three PO in some type of a speeder. It was a real quick shot, and like the the beast was swatting at her so uh, you may not be too far off with your pre- your prediction there <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah awesome so there it well is. Uh, I'm, I'm actually a little bit excited for this episode for for the continuation of this story and then obviously uh, let's see that's that's this Friday and then uh, and then next Friday the 23rd is the season finale the two-part one-hour episode with Boba Fett, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so good. Yes. Um, so, yeah, yeah, lots to look forward to. But uh, but I think that about does it for us this week. That's it for this week. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, do not forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us on the Twitter uh, at username Clone Wars. That's www.twitter.com 
slash Clone Wars. And, uh, and you can have, head over to the Facebooks and you can join our, our group and our Facebook page over there. Uh, you can either search Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, and you'll get us. Or you can just put in uh, facebook.com slash Clone Wars podcast, and that'll bring us up as well. Uh, and as always, you can join us on the Geek Out Loud forums at www.geekoutpodcast.com slash forums. And before we go, one last thing that uh, that we probably should have said at the head of the episode, and we always leave these things to the end of the episode, but, uh, but it's a bonus for those of you who have waited, and you'll hear lots about it in the next little bit. But uh, we've got T-shirts. The T-shirts are done. They've been printed. Uh, Matt actually has them in hand, and, uh, and we're going to be putting them up on the website in the next week or so for sale. So plenty of time for you guys to pick up these shirts. They're going to be $15 US, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, $15 US uh, for... Yeah, but if you're if you're outside uh, continental North America, uh, there might be an extra charge depending on on just how far you are. Um, so might but at the most twenty bucks. Um, so the most you will pay for a shirt is twenty dollars. But if you are uh, if you're within the I don't know we have to figure that out. There will be details posted and we'll talk about it next episode. Yes. Uh, you'll be paying $15. So plenty of time for you guys to pick up this, the first shirt in the front lines, the clone wars podcast line of clothing. Um, and, uh, and we've actually got some t-shirt designs in the works specifically for celebration five. So those of you, uh, and the way that we'll probably end up doing that is by order specifically, like I won't have them printed until we've got, specific orders because i want this to be a very limited edition shirt but uh but it's the sort of thing that you guys will be able to wear to celebration five and uh if you're wearing that shirt you're going to be able to uh to find each other as frontlines fans which uh which i think will be very cool and uh, and obviously we'll do a big meet up and all that sort of thing we'll all wear our frontline shirts and be awesome and uh and and i look forward to that so Look forward to being able to purchase the shirts in the next week or so, and uh, that's all I got. That's it. That's See you guys. That's it. Uh, don't forget, email Matt at CloneWarsPodcast.com or Mike at CloneWarsPodcast.com, and uh, we will have some more information on the shirts, like you said, next week. So until then, may the force be with us. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Thank you.